Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like prayer for. We're here to answer those questions for you and pray for those prayer requests. So give us a call. The number to call is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, the text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Well, we want to welcome those of you who are listening here in Colorado and up into Southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. We're so glad to have you with us, and you are hearing the show live today. So uh, today is. April 16th. It is a Friday, and uh, I am your host here every Friday, um, and so glad, good to be with you. I uh, was just up today. For those of you here in Colorado, you, you might know this, that this weekend for many of the ski areas is um, closing weekend. I know there are a few more staying open later, Arapahoe Basin, of course, and Breckenridge. Some of them even closed last week, but I know for some of the Vale Resorts and for our local mountain here in Boulder County is Eldora. And so today was the closing weekend for uh, Eldora. So I got up there today and just a beautiful day in the mountains. And then here in town, just really nice. So I hope you're having a great Friday. I'm glad to be with you. We also want to greet those of you who are listening on the East Coast in Hope FM. Uh, on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. And we also want to greet those who are listening in Tennessee on Truth FM and up into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. We're glad you're tuning in wherever you're tuning in from today. And we also want to give you a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast and the area around Tennessee, you're hearing the program on a one-week delay. So we want you to just know about that. We want you to keep it in mind. But we'd also love for you to call in and still be part of the program and just know that you're on a one-week delay. But that does give you out at Hope FM and Truth FM, gives you guys a unique opportunity in that you can uh, call in and be part of the show. And then after you get off the air, you can tell your friends, hey, I'm going to be on the show exactly one week from today. So you should tune in. It'll be an opportunity for you to Maybe introduce your friends and family members to that local Christian radio station that you listen to. Might be an opportunity to introduce them to it as well. So uh, we want to encourage you to do that, even if you're listening live here in Colorado or if you're listening online. Let's get the word out about Grace FM. Let's get the word out about Calvary Live, this show, or about Hope FM or Truth FM, whichever station you're listening on, because God uses Christian radio, and we've just heard so many testimonies of people whose lives have been transformed by it. And so... We are so glad to have this opportunity to broadcast over the airwaves, and we'd love to answer your questions and pray for your prayer requests, and we'd love it if you'd help us spread the word and have people tuning in, hearing Bible teaching throughout the day. It's a great thing. God will use it in your life to help you grow. We 
want to give a big hello as well to everyone who is listening online. We have a few listeners tuning in right now. I can see the map. We've got listeners uh, up and down the front range here of the Rockies, as well as Northern California, looks like Southern California, Midwest, up in the Chicagoland area, as well as in Europe, in Ukraine. Welcome to all of you who are tuning in. So good to have you with us. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like prayer for. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to give you biblical perspective and insight on anything going on in your life that you'd like to talk about. We're here to talk about that. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Nine, seven. Just a few words about myself as we wait for those calls to start coming in. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And um, I have been here at Whitefields for nine years now. Just hit the nine-year mark here at Whitefields. Uh, prior to that, I was 10 years in Hungary, uh, serving as a missionary and a church planter and a pastor there with Calvary Chapel. Uh, my wife and I met over there, and we planted two churches together had a few kids, and then we accepted the invitation to come here to Colorado. I grew up here in Colorado. I grew up in Denver. Um, but then I accepted this invitation to come here and take over as the lead pastor of Whitefields Community Church nine years ago. And so over the past nine years, God has done some great things in our lives as a family as well as in our life as a church. And our church has really been growing lately. It's been exciting. We moved into a building about a year ago, and it's been it's been great just, you know, being in a building during this time where prior we had to set up and tear down and, and rent a location. Now having our own place throughout this whole pandemic uh, was was a huge blessing, and we just see God's providence uh, throughout the whole thing. So it's been really good, and we'd love to have you come and worship with us and study with us. Currently, on Sunday mornings, we, we finished up our study that we did for oh, several months of First and Second Kings. We studied through the books of First and Second Kings on Sunday mornings. Then we finished that up right before Easter and and um, and Palm Sunday. So we finished it up right before Easter and Palm Sunday, and then, <clears throat> excuse me. So then we have now started. We're in week two. This Sunday will be week three of a new study that we kicked off on Easter that I'm really excited about. It's called the Risen Life, and in this study we're taking a look at all of the passages that talk about Jesus's risen life, basically what Jesus did after he rose from the dead prior to his ascension into heaven and what those passages teach us about what it means for us to live the resurrected life of Jesus. Because here's what's so interesting. If you look at the New Testament, what the New Testament tells us about Jesus's resurrection, on the one hand, it tells us it's a historical fact. It took place. But beyond that, it tells us that to be a Christian isn't just to know that the resurrection really happened. It isn't just to believe that Jesus really rose from the dead. It's something even more than that. It's that we get to live and experience the resurrection power of Jesus in our own lives. Like Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that to be a Christian is to know the power of his resurrection. He says in Ephesians chapter 1, that to live this new life, we live it by the power, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. God uses that power in our lives, and we get to walk in this new life, uh, this new resurrected life that we have in Jesus because he rose from the dead. And so 
what we're doing in this study is we're looking at these passages that tell us about Jesus after he rose from the dead. And what do these passages tell us about what it means for us to live the risen life? Last Sunday, we looked at uh, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It's the uh, Emmaus Road passage that's found in Luke chapter 24, where after we see that they discovered that Jesus was not in the tomb, I guess the next question will be, well, if Jesus isn't in the tomb, then where is he? And then we find out that Jesus joins up and walks with some of his disciples who are on their road to Emmaus, completely dejected, completely depressed because Jesus has died. But what they are forgetting is the prophecies. And Jesus reminds them of the prophecies from the Old Testament that said that the Messiah would be killed, but then on the third day he would rise from the grave. And it says there that Jesus led them in the greatest Bible study in the history of Bible studies. It says that he took them through Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, through all the scriptures, and he showed them in them all the things concerning himself. It says that he opened their eyes to understand the scriptures. So that was our, our study last week. It was, it was great. Uh, one of my favorite passages just on this idea of Christ-centered and gospel-centered preaching throughout the entire Bible. One of the things people often ask is, you know, why does our church, why would we spend you know, almost a year studying through First and Second Kings, you know, shouldn't we study the New Testament? Because the New Testament is the part that's about Jesus. And my answer is always, you know why we love to study the Old Testament? Because you know what the Old Testament's about, right? The Old Testament is all about Jesus. Well, this coming Sunday, we're going to look at the next passage, which talks about something Jesus did after his resurrection. And that is going to be, we're going to look at the restoration of Peter. You might remember that Peter had said to Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he said to Jesus, even if all these other losers turn turn away from you, I will never give up on you. And Jesus said, oh, actually, you know, hey, hold your horses on saying that because um, before the, the rooster crows, you are going to deny me three times. And then you remember that he does that. Judas also denies Jesus, but we see that they take two very different paths in their sorrow over their uh, over their sin and over their turning away from Jesus. And so uh, all that to say, this Sunday we're going to be looking at how Jesus restores Peter and how we can be restored to relationship with God. We see that sin causes separation, but then uh, we see that after you know sin causes separation, that God reaches out to us to be reconciled. And what needs to place, take place in order for reconciliation is that somebody needs to die. Maybe you've ever maybe you've heard that said before, that in order for forgiveness of a sin to take place, either in a personal relationship or in relationship with God, somebody's got to die. In the case of a relationship with God, that somebody was Jesus Christ. In a case of your relationships with others, it, it might require you dying to yourself in order for that relationship to be reconciled. So that's what we'll be talking about this Sunday, really enjoying that. Um, and so... We'd love to have you join us. Um, just let me give you the service times, the address, and then we'll go right into our first caller. Uh, service times are three services in person and two services online every Sunday at the church I pastor, Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. And so our in-person services are at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11 o'clock a.m. So 8, 9.30, and 11. We have a full children's ministry at the 9.30 service, soon to be also at the 11 o'clock service, but currently... We have all classes open at the 9.30 service. We'd love to have you bring your family for that. Remember that you do need to pre-register for your kids um, for the children's ministry. You can do that on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. So we've got three in-person services, 8, 9.30, and 11, and we've got 
two online services, 930 and 11. So if you're within driving distance, we'd love to have you. Our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado, 80504. We're directly opposite Sandstone Ranch Community Park, uh, which is just across the street. That's where the big sports complex is here in Longmont with the um, with the skate park and all of that stuff. There's also a, a Walmart across the street. So if you know where those things are, right on Highway 119, coming in from I-25, we are directly north of those things on the north side of 119 there and our address 2950 Colorful Avenue. But you can always find that and all the directions, all the good information you need on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. You can also hear me here on Grace FM every weekday at 9.30 and 2.30 p.m. So 9.30 a.m., and 2.30 p.m., and also Sundays at 1 o'clock p.m. Let's go to our first caller, Chastity in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Chastity. Welcome to the program. Hi. Good afternoon. Hey there. Yeah, great to have you. Hi. Um, I just had a quick question. Um, I was asked today um, a, a question, and um, I thought I'd give you a quick call and ask. Okay. Um, I was asked, what proof do we have outside of the Bible um, about Jesus' resurrection? Like, what, what proof do we have that he rose from the dead besides the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So one of the proofs that we have is the rise of Christianity in Jerusalem, and, and that's a really big one. Uh, the second one I'll give you is the persecution of the disciples. That one doesn't make any sense apart from Jesus' resurrection. Um, I think then, you know, we'll talk about the shifts in beliefs and practices by thousands of Jews. I think that goes along with the first one about the rise of Christianity. And then then you could get into the fact of the trustworthiness or the historicity of the Bible itself, right? But you said you said other than the Bible, so we can go with that. And then the the other example I'll give you or the other proof I'll give you is that the other explanations for Jesus' resurrection or Jesus' disappearance, let's say, the disappearance of his body, they're all unconvincing. And so there's no good alternate ex- uh, explanation. The Bible elsewhere has proven to be trustworthy. And then I would say we have the anecdotal evidence of the, um, the disciples and what they went through for this claim that Jesus rose from the dead. So we'll just start real quickly with that first one I mentioned, which is, the rise of Christianity in Jerusalem, including the conversion of many Jews. You know, what we know is that, um, you know, Christianity was essentially threatening to take over Jerusalem in the, in the years that followed Jesus's resurrection. I think a lot of people don't realize that because now we tend to think, oh, you know, there are all these Jewish people who don't believe that Jesus is really the Messiah. Well, yes, there are. They're the ones who are the ancestors of those who didn't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But what we fail to realize is that like Acts chapter 6, at the end of the chapter, it tells us that very many Jews, including many of the priestly class, were converting to Christianity. These are people for whom it would have been absolutely blasphemous to claim that a human being was God. And yet they couldn't deny the things that had happened in, in their own town there in Jerusalem. Because to be a Christian meant you had to accept and agree to the fact that Jesus bodily rose from the dead. These were people who lived in the town, right? They, they would have 
known if this was just a hoax, we wouldn't have seen so many people um, converting to Christianity. The, the second part that I mentioned was the, oh, well, I'll just say one more piece on that, and that is that we know that there were over 500 eyewitnesses, at least from the Gospels accounts, right? But we also know that from like Josephus. He talks about how the followers of Jesus, he tries to remain objective, by the way, tries to not like get into choosing a side, but uh, Josephus, the Jewish Roman historian, he writes about it. He says, you know, Jesus was a worker of many miracles, and according to his followers, he rose from the dead. Well, so we have that, Josephus mentioning that, so that's not a biblical account, but Josephus mentions that these people claim that he rose from the dead. Well, we know that there were at least 500 people, according to the Bible, once again, but Still, there are people who say that they saw him raised from the dead. And this leads into our next section, which is the fact that those who said that they believed or said that they saw Jesus raised from the dead, what did they get in return for that? Like, did they get book deals? Did they get invited on talk shows? Did they get paid? Absolutely not. Uh, just the opposite. They all were persecuted heavily by the Romans and the Jewish authorities. Um, people were trying to shut them up, and yet they wouldn't. I mean, crazy stories, like people being led out on icy uh, places and, and threatened and then being killed in, in frozen lakes, you know, icy waters. This would have been more into uh, northern parts of the empire there. But there were other stories where people were lit on fire, stories where people had their uh, homes broken into, they're dragged out of their homes. Now, you might say, okay, there's probably some people out there who are crazy enough to suffer and die for something that they know is a lie. But thousands of people, I mean, hundreds of people, would hundreds of people do that? Would, would hundreds of people be willing to let their uh, children and, and spouses suffer for something which they knew was a lie without a single one of them just breaking and saying, okay, okay, listen, maybe those guys are going to lie about it, but I'm not going to lie about it because I don't want you to hurt my family. You know, you would think at least one person would do that. And yet we don't have any people who did that, right? People who said, okay, we took his body and we hid it over here and this is where it is. And, and again, that, that leads into the last point that I made, that there aren't really any other credible um, explanations, right? So there's the Roman explanation, which is that the disciples broke in and stole his body, which again doesn't make sense if they were you know, basically tortured and they still refused to give up on that. They, they end up spending the rest of their lives traveling around the world at their own expense um, and for no, no benefit. And so it doesn't make any sense apart from the fact that they, this is something that they really saw, which is what they keep saying right throughout the, uh, throughout the book of Acts, right? We can't stop talking about what we've seen and heard. We are eyewitnesses of this. Um, and then, you know, just the, the other explanations that Jesus swooned you know, that's the idea that uh, the swooning is essentially what Muslims and Jews have, have sometimes said, and even some like liberal-minded Christians have said this, that maybe Jesus didn't actually die on the cross. He just passed out, and then the, the grave, the cave that he was buried in, was nice and warm, and it revived him, and he woke up after a day or two. Again, that doesn't really make any sense, and no one, we have no record, I mean, the whole point of crucifixion was to kill somebody slowly and effectively. And so it, it would be crazy to think that somebody could have survived a crucifixion, not to mention the fact that the Bible tells us, and again, I realize this is getting back to the Bible, but 
It says that a soldier took his spear and stabbed Jesus in the heart. That's not the kind of thing that you, you know, take a nap and recover from. And and so, yeah, these explanations. Uh, sorry, so I said that the swooning, that's actually one of the Jewish explanations. The Muslim explanation has rather been that God made Jesus like, almost like we would think of like a hologram or, or like an image. Like he made Jesus appear to be dead, but he never really died. And therefore he never rose from the grave. That's the, the um, Muslim argument against the resurrection. But again, none of these really hold weight. And if you were to bring the evidence for the resurrection into a court of law, it would be more evidence than most cases are convicted on. So that is uh, a lot that I gave you, and I hope that it helps. Yes, yes, it did. Thank you so very much. Cool. Okay, God bless you, Chastity. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here taking your calls and your texts live on the air. We have all open lines, and the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Call us with your Bible questions. Call us with your prayer requests. Uh, call us with something in your life that you just love to get some biblical perspective on. I'd love to help you uh, get that. Like our last caller just asking about proofs for the resurrection beyond just that the Bible says Jesus rose from the dead. There's a lot out there, and, and there's other topics like that too. I'd love to discuss those with you. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, or text me at 720-336-0897. Looks like we have a follow-up text message to this one. Someone says, 500 people saw Jesus's resurrection. How many people saw his crucifixion? And just a point of clarification there, this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where it says that over 500 people saw him on one event, um, you know, at one particular time. Now, how many people saw his crucifixion? We don't know exactly that number, but we do know some things about it. So one of the things we know is that crucifixions took place and they were meant to be seen, right? So they're meant to be it was, it was kind of like to make people, um, I guess it would be like as a way of threatening them. So here's how crucifixion took place. And, and I want to recommend to you all a really very good book that I've been reading myself. I started reading it uh, leading up to uh, Good Friday and things like that. But um, I, it's been on my list of things to read for a long time. So I've, I've continued reading it even after Easter. It's called The Cross of Christ by John Stott. Really recommend it. The Cross of Christ by John Stott. And there he says this. You know, he gives a lot of facts about a crucifixion. For example, crucifixion wasn't in, invented by the Romans. It was invented by the tribes who lived on kind of the periphery of the Roman Empire. And the Romans adopted it as a way to scare, um, you know, people into submission. But here was the thing about crucifixion. they were It was against the law to crucify a Roman citizen, no matter how heinous their crime, uh, it was illegal to crucify a Roman citizen. This was something that the Romans looked at and said, this is so brutal, we will only do it to those who are not citizens. So even though Israel was ruled by Rome at this time, the people of Israel were not Roman citizens. So not everybody who lived in the Roman Empire had the privilege of citizenship. Citizenship basically made you a, a higher class than everyone else. 
and and there were different ways to obtain citizenship. But my point is just this: this is something that they would do. And there's there's one account where over a hundred Jews were crucified in one place at one time, and they would do it in order to basically scare the people on the edges of their empire into submission. And so to, to uh, crucify Jesus like this, w- along with the other two criminals, it was done at basically the highest point in Jerusalem. If you ever get to go to Jerusalem, you'll see the place. It's right next to the garden tomb, and it's the place <clears throat> of the skull where there's a mountain that, that looks just like a skull, but you'll notice that it is the highest point in the city where that would have been done. And it's a point that you can see from pretty far away. So a lot of people would have seen it. It was intended to be seen by by people to scare them. But also we know at the cross, there were many soldiers. There were many officials. Probably the Jewish officials were there. And we also know that Jesus' mother was there. One of his disciples, at least John, was there at the cross. Um, my guess is that there were probably not you know, a couple dozen people, let's say, there at the foot of the cross, but all around, you know, watching this happen or being able to see it happen were probably very many people there in the city of Jerusalem, especially since we know that that weekend was Passover weekend and the city was just packed to the brim with people. So hope that answers your question. We don't know the exact number, but it would have been quite a few and it was by design. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller, Peter in Commerce City. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. Thanks for uh, taking my call. My question is this. In you know this, this time we live in where, where there's so much evil, and I'm just thinking about what happened last night, what happened in the King Supers in Boulder a few weeks ago. As a Christian— as somebody who, if something happens to me, I know where I'm going. Um, not everybody has that security. At what point do we say, when those situations arise, no, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to hide. I'm going to fight because that saves somebody else. As a Christian, where, where's that line uh, of of taking that action? You know, we know evil. We're not against flesh and blood, but it's certainly manifested. Uh, in flesh and blood. Yeah, I think that as Christians, because we know where we're going, uh, that we should be those who, you know, are are looking out for the best interests of others. You know, there's a lot in the Old Testament prophets, particularly the minor prophets, that talks about how God expects his people to care for the weakest in society, the means the most vulnerable. And so just as God is one who you know, cares for orphans and widows and the poor, we ought to be as well. Now, how that applies here is that I think that, yes, you know, knowing that our life, we're called to be, um, you know, on, we're called to be the hands and feet of God in the world, to be his agents in the world, because we know that this life we have for a purpose to live out his calling and to do his work in the world, because we know that the next life, right, the eternal life that awaits us is, is our true and better life, that's the one that where all of our desires will be fulfilled. That means that we live our lives in order to serve God. So I would say in those cases, you know, I think that Christians should be the ones kind of running towards the the troubles as opposed to running away from them. And, um, you know, I think there are a lot of mitigating circumstances. If you're in a situation like that and you've got a small child, um, if you're a parent, I would say your your first responsibility is to take care of that child. You know, if, if there's a situation like that, I think that you, you start with those things. But 
in other situations, yeah, I think it, there is a justification for uh, going and saving other people from harm. Yeah, I, I thank you for that, for that, that wisdom. It's kind of where my head was at and those mitigating circumstances. But as a, as a Christian, I think it's, it's a calling to me, if not others, to give thought to what would I do if, you know, God willing, never in those situations. But uh, what would yeah. I do if? I'll give you a quick quote, and then I got to let you go because of the break. But, you know, there's a great, great quote about Dietrich Bonhoeffer that says this, that Christianity is not so much about cautiously avoiding sin as it is about courageously doing the will of God. And when we're courageously doing the will of God, we will naturally be avoiding sin. But, but um, yeah, I think that's a, a good mindset to have. Thanks for the call, Peter. And, hey, we'll be right back in two minutes' time after our break. Give me a call, 303 690 3,000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. You can call in with your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. And hopefully we can answer some of those questions you've had, things that have come up as you've been studying the Bible, um, things you've always been curious about. We're here to answer those questions for you. So give us a call, 303 303- 690 3000. That's 303 690 3000. Or you can text us at 720 336 0897. And uh, where Jesus says, these things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he goes into uh, chapter 9, is he speaking first of the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. by the Romans? and then transitions into the second, his second coming as he goes on in, in that chapter. I, I was, I'm kind of confused. Yeah, no, that, and that is, so first of all, yes, what you said is correct. Secondly, this is one of the most difficult passages in the gospels to interpret and to uh, interpret well, because Jesus is talking about things which were in the future. There's another version of this, which is in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 24 and 25. This section and this speech that he gives there on the Mount of Olives, it's known as the Olivet Discourse. And so, um, you know, this has caused a lot of people confusion over the years as to how these things all work together, because he seems to be talking about things that happened, you know, some 35 years after, after he was no longer on the scene, you know, having resurrected and then ascended into heaven. And then these things happened some 35 years later. Um, for example, you know, he'll say, woe to you in Jerusalem, you know, woe to you, like in, uh, especially in the gospel of Matthew, he says, 
you know, pray that this, this doesn't happen on a Sabbath because, you know, it'll be, it'll be hard for you to, to move around. And, you know, woe to you who have small children when this takes place. And then all of a sudden he's talking about the son of man returning and every eye seeing him. And it's like, wait a second, are you talking about what happened in 70 AD? In other words, was Jesus saying that he was going to return when Jerusalem was destroyed? And there are some people who actually try to, in my opinion, they, they're really twisting the scriptures in order to uh, claim that Jesus actually did return, and that was what he was talking about. That oh, I'll come, and and you know, you'll you'll all see me. Um, but that that's certainly not what he's talking about. This is not talking about his second coming at all. I'm I'm sorry. It's not. He's not saying that when Rome defeated Jerusalem in 70 A.D. that he would return at that time. What he's he's doing is he kind of just quickly transitions into talking about how at some point he's also going to come. So here's the point of the section, if you were to summarize it. The point of the section is Jesus is talking about events which are in the future. Some of them are in the near future. Some of them are in the far future. But the point of everything he's saying is be on guard, be ready, because the day of the Lord, which is the day of God's intervention in the world, um, is coming and you need to always be ready for it. That's why in Matthew 24, that version of it, he finishes the section about the, um, the doom of Jerusalem and also about his second coming by telling two parables, which are all about being ready for the day of God's intervention in the world or, the, or being ready for the coming of Jesus as well. And the, the whole point is, what does it mean to be ready? Does it mean that you sit around, you know, like in a, in a game stance, like when we played baseball, you know, in your ready stance with your knees bent and you're, okay, I'm ready. I'm really ready. And you just in that stance all the time. Is that what it means to be ready? Well, Jesus would say, no, no, no. Here's what it means to be ready. It means that you are actively engaged in the work of God and in your heart, you are in a place where you are right with God. You are humble and surrendered to God, and you are actively engaged in his work in the world. That is what it means to be ready, and we should always be ready. In other words, so Jesus is telling him, because here are some things that are going to happen in the future. Some of them are in the near future, some of them in the far future, but they're all in the future. Gotcha. Well, cool. Hey, you keep reading that Bible, and you keep studying oh, yeah. and asking questions. That's good stuff every day. Thank you so much and uh, praise God. Have a good Amen. day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got two open lines, it looks like, and uh, we the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Give me a call, send me a text. I'd love to talk with you, answer those questions you have about the Bible, and pray for your prayer requests. Let's go to our next caller, David in Denver, Colorado. Hi, David. Welcome to the program. David. We might have lost David, but I do see David's prayer request here. He had a prayer request he wanted us to pray for. And his prayer was for his marriage and his family. He's going through a time of separation, and he's trying to stay faithful, but um, he's also 
saying that this time of separation is weighing heavily on their only child, who is his daughter. So he wanted prayer for his marriage. So let's do that. Let's pray for not only David's marriage, but other marriages of those who are listening right now, who are who are experiencing difficulties and strain in their marriage. Lord, we lift up to you David and his wife. Lord, we lift up to you their daughter. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that they haven't come to the place yet of divorce, uh, that the marriage is still alive, although it's very heavily strained as it's in crisis. But Lord, we know that you are a God who, um, who does miracles in times of crises. And so, Lord, we pray to you and we ask you in Jesus' name, you would do a miracle in this marriage. We pray that they would go from separation to being back together. And Lord, we pray that there would be forgiveness that would take place. Just thinking about, as we were talking earlier, about the restoration of Peter and how in order for, you know, when sin separates, it separates us from you, it also separates people from each other, but in order for that to be restored, somebody has to die. Lord, thank you that you have died for our sins. But Lord, we pray that you would help us in the areas where we need to die to ourselves, where we need to apologize, where we need to forgive. Lord, help us that we would do those things and so reflect the gospel in our actions. And if David's wife isn't there yet of seeking you and, and wanting to honor you in the marriage, Lord, I pray that she would be. But I also pray that David would would begin first, even if he's the only one, that he would love, forgive, and reach out, even if it's not reciprocated. Lord, help him to have that heart, like you talk about in Luke chapter 6, where it says, to love without holding anything back, just as your Father in heaven does for you. And you say in your word there that if you do this, then you will be children of your heavenly Father. So Lord, I pray for David. Give him strength. Give him endurance. And Lord, we pray for his daughter. We pray that this that she would be able to come out of this time. Um, Lord, really, we pray that you would use even this bad situation in the family life, Lord, for her good, for her maturity, for preparing her for future things. But Lord, we do pray that you would also be with her, guard her heart, take her in your arms and console her. And Lord, give her peace and give her hope, we pray, about her family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. David, I hope that you were able to tune in for that part of it. And uh, God bless you. Um, thanks for calling in. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got two open lines. Let's go to our next caller. We've got Bradley in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Bradley. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Nick. I have a prayer request today. Um, I would like if you guys could pray for my brother. He's been going through a rough time um, for the last year and a half. Um, he's been battling addiction, and I just, um, we just need some prayers for him, and, and hopefully God can shine some light and strengthen his will to to change and better himself for him and his son. Yeah, let's do that. And Bradley, you know, I can really relate to you. I have a close family member who I've been trying to help for the past year who's struggling with addiction. I've just watched it ruin his life, and you know, it's really, really hard sometimes to know at what point are you helping this person, at what point are you not helping them. It's not always black and white, and so we need a lot of wisdom. And so I'd, I'd love to pray for your your brother. Let's do that right now. Lord, we lift up to you Bradley's brother. Um, Lord, we know that you want us to be free, and that includes bring, being free from addiction to substances or anything else that we might be held in bondage to. Lord, we pray that for Bradley's brother, Lord, that he would experience 
freedom of the children of God and that you would truly set him free from his addiction. Lord, we pray that you would uh, bring him back into a place where he can be healthy physically, where he can be healthy mentally. Lord, you know what are all of the underlying issues that have played into this addiction, the physiological, the psychological, the spiritual. You know all of them, Lord. And I pray that you would do a holistic work of healing in Bradley's life, or in Bradley's brother's life. Lord, I pray that you would um, bring him out of this, and Lord, that you would do a true work in his life. And I pray for Bradley. Give him a lot of wisdom with how to reach out to his brother, how to help him, and really how to help him in the most effective ways, as that's not always clear. So, Lord, I pray for him. I also pray for brother's child, Lord, that, that this child would be cared for and taken care of, but also that Bradley would be brought out of this, that he could have a relationship with his child. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You bet. God bless you, Bradley. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. God right. bless. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. Uh, We have all open lines right now. I've got some text messages that we're going to go to here in just a moment and pray for those. It looks like mostly prayer requests over on that end. Um, But we'd love to hear from you on the call-in line. We've got 17 minutes left in the show, so this would be a great time for you to call in. We can get you on very quickly because uh, we don't have any other callers on the line. Usually there's there's, a couple people waiting, and as you've noticed, some people wait for a while and then they have to go. And so... Now is actually a time when you can call, and we'll get you on very quickly. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Well, I want to tell you about a few things that are going on um, that would be good for you to know about, and maybe some of you would want to participate in some of them. One of them is that... Um, here on the Northern Front Range, right? So we're in Longmont, and generally, I guess, Northern Front Range is like north of Denver up into Southern Wyoming. And so here on the Northern Front Range, uh, some of our Calvary Chapel churches have been working together. Um, namely, there's a, a great Calvary Chapel church in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I've become good friends with the pastor of, up there over the years. Uh, last year, they invited me to come speak at their men's conference, and so I did that. I think that was in the fall of last year. And then we decided, hey, this year, what if we did a men's conference, but we did it in Colorado so that we could invite um, more people to attend just because there's more people who live in this area. Cheyenne's kind of on the upper edge of this this region. So they said, you know, what if we did it in Longmont at your church and then we could invite some of the the other Calvary Chapel churches, but also anybody else who wants to attend. And so we are doing the Calvary Chapel Northern Front Range Men's Conference on May 21st and 22nd. It's a Friday night up into a half day on Saturday. It's very inexpensive, $25 per person, but we only have room with capacity, so we've limited capacity because of distancing and and all of that good stuff, um, to 200. So those spots are about half taken right now. We've got about half still left to be taken, about uh, just a little bit over a month to go. I know that many of the churches haven't signed their men up, so I want to give you guys the opportunity right now. If you're listening and that sounds like something you'd be interested in, a two-day conference just uh, here locally. You don't have to travel you know, two to three hours away and sleep overnight. You could just do it here locally. 
um, at the church on a Friday night and then a Saturday half day. We'd love to have you. We're having uh, Pastor Jeff Biggs, who's also one of the hosts here on Calvary Live. He's going to be speaking at it. Uh, we've got one of our pastors on staff here at Whitefields who will speak. And then we have Pastor Sean from Calvary Cheyenne who will speak at it and we'll have worship. We're going to have uh, do a big steak lunch. That's kind of our culminating thing at the end of it. Uh, big steak lunch uh, for everybody who comes and we'll have worship, prayer times. We're going to take communion. We're going to have a lot of fellowship. It's going to be a great time maybe to connect with other men and to seek the Lord. So the way that you can sign up if you're interested. Oh, and I just saw this too. Grace FM will be there and you'll be able to get some free stuff, right? So if you love free stuff, uh, that's the place to be. You're going to come get some get some stickers, get some t-shirts, whatever other free swag you can get. You can meet the man behind Calvary Live. He's going to be there himself uh, handing the stuff out. And he's he's more of a behind-the-scenes guy, but he's uh, a hero making this show happen every week. And so um, we can... Uh, yeah, you can come and check that out. That'll be uh, They'll have a booth here at that conference. So again, that's the Calvary Chapel Northern Front Range Men's Conference going on May 21st and 22nd. Open to any of you who'd like to register. It's only $25. And it's going to be here at our church, Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont. And the way to sign up is go to our church's website, whitefieldschurch.com, whitefieldschurch.com, and just scroll to where you see the button for events. Click on that, and then click on the event for the men's conference, and you can register right there. So we'd love to have you all come out for that. Another event that's happening soon, which, which is not one you're all invited to, but I'd like to ask you to pray for it, and that is that um, our church here is hosting one of the... Uh, we, we do these regional Calvary Chapel prayer breakfasts, and uh, they've been hosted down at Calvary Church in Aurora for the last several years. And just this one one occasion here, we're hosting one this coming Friday. So we're going to have, I think we've got 70 or so pastors signed up from the, the local area here on the Front Range. So you could be praying for them, that they get encouraged, that they get uh, or they hear a word from the Lord. We've got a great uh, pastor coming in to speak to these pastors. He's kind of a shepherd of shepherds, if you will. So you can be praying for that. That's going to be happening this coming Friday, so a week from today, but in the morning. And you can be praying for that, uh, just that these pastors would be refreshed, that they would be encouraged, and that they would hear a word from the Lord during this time that we will share together. All right. Hey, let's go over to our text messages and see what text messages we have. I know they have two, and they're actually related to each other. And so um, I want to want to be praying for that. Uh, one is someone asked to pray for a young girl. I'm not going to say her name, but she's 12 years old, and she just tried to commit suicide today. She's been battling anxiety and depression, and um, she had to go to the doctor, and she was uh, treated by doctors, but they're asking for prayer for this young girl. And then the second message that came in today is this, that um, it's prayer someone asking for prayer for their 12-year-old granddaughter who was bullied at school. She reported it, and um, you know she's been through a lot. She lost her dad less than a year ago, doesn't want to return to school. So let's pray for these two girls. This is um, you know both 12 years old, very young, and these are some really heavy things. So let's be praying for them. Lord, we lift up to you the, this first girl today who attempted suicide here in Colorado. Lord, um, we are so sorry to hear that she feels that there's no other way out, that she feels that she's uh, dealing with anxiety and depression. Lord, thank you that this was found out 
and that, that she was not successful in taking her life, Lord, we pray that she would turn to you, that she would surrender her life to you, and that, Lord, she would experience in that surrendering of her life to you your embrace of her. Lord, we pray that she would know deeply how valuable she is to you. Uh, and, Lord, we pray that you would also send people into her life who would help her to really, truly know your love for her. We pray you give a lot of wisdom to her family members as they want to minister to her and help her through this, help her to go in a, in a different way, Lord, and help her to really know your love. And, Lord, we also pray for this, this other little girl in a different state, Lord, being bullied at school. Lord, after all that she's been through and losing her dad and, and all these things, Lord, we pray that you would be with her. Pray, give her, We pray for her parents, that you would give them, uh, and her grandparents, that you give them a lot of wisdom with uh, what's the right thing to do at school. How can they, how can they do this so that their, their daughter learns but doesn't have to be in an abusive environment? So, Lord, please give them wisdom. We pray for this little girl's heart, Lord, that she would know how valuable and precious she is to you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And let's let's just continue praying for for those who struggle with depression and suicidal thoughts, even beyond these two. Lord, we we do pray for those who struggle out there with um, different forms of mental illness, as well as those who struggle with depression. And Lord, we pray that you would bring healing. We pray that you would bring hope. We pray that you bring joy back to their lives. Lord, we pray uh, for those who have physiological issues. Lord, we pray that you would heal those physiological issues. Lord, we pray for for those who are dealing with things that just seem way too heavy for them, Lord, we pray that they would turn to you and that, Lord, you would carry them through these situations, through your power, the great power of your resurrection that you, by which you work in our lives. Lord, we pray that they would know the power of the resurrection and that they would experience the joy of salvation. Lord, we pray for those who are contemplating suicidal thoughts even right now. Lord, we pray that you would uh, intervene in those situations, that you would bind the enemy in the ways that he wants to twist and harm and destroy people, ruin their lives, and steal their souls. Lord, we pray that you would uh, bind the enemy, and Lord, that you would bring these people, Lord, to a place of freedom and joy in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, if any of you out there are uh, thinking about suicide, I really want to encourage you to call the suicide hotline, and I want to give you that number right now. The suicide hotline is one 800 273 8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. And you can even chat with them if you, um, you know, aren't ready for a phone call. We'd love for you to give them a call. Not, that's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And uh, they, they also take calls in Spanish uh, for those of you who, for whom that's your primary language. So yeah, that's, a, that's an important topic. I thank you for your text messages and we'll be praying for your daughter's Hey, we have all open lines. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible as well as your prayer requests. Give us a call. That's 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 to call in. We've got about seven minutes left in the show, so I'd love to maybe have one more caller, and we can also take your text messages here in the last few minutes of the show. Number to call once again, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720 336 0897 that's 7203360897 you know just one thought is that um you know with with so many people in our society especially now with the pandemic struggling with mental illness and um struggling with depression 
this is really a, a great opportunity for Christian people to get involved and be the hands and feet of God and, and to really make a difference out there for, for Jesus and your community. And ways that you could do that is by, uh, you know, maybe volunteering for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Maybe it is uh, listening to somebody who, who, who needs a listening ear and is struggling with some stuff. Maybe there are shelters out there that need volunteers. I know here at our church we have a pantry, a food pantry, that serves uh, those who are in need of food, and we're always looking for volunteers for that. If you're interested, give us a call here at the church. The number for our church is 303-775-3485. That's 303-775-3485, or you can email us at info at whitefieldschurch.com. But there are also other places you can serve. I'm sure all of you in, in the church that you belong to, I hope that you do belong to one, and uh, you would be able to volunteer at your church in many ways, be able to volunteer in shelters, um, volunteer in hospitals. Hospitals always looking for volunteers as well as in schools. So maybe just with everything going on, this is a, a good way to um, get involved and be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, one of my favorite verses that I've been studying lately is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, I, I love 2 Corinthians 5. 4 and 5, but there's this one particular verse in 2 Corinthians 5 that has always kind of grabbed my attention. Let me just read it to you real quick. It says this in verse 14, the love of Christ controls us or compels us, some translations say, because we have concluded that one has died for all, that's Jesus, and therefore all have died, and he died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised that's what it means to live in the hope of the resurrection it means that in this life we no longer live for ourselves because we know that our best life is not here and now but our best life is the one that is to come in eternity and so we spend our lives living no longer for ourselves but for him who for our sakes died and was raised and what does it mean to live for jesus well it means to live for his glory what is his glory it's his character it's who he is it's his greatness and what it what it means to live for that is on the one hand, to make him known in the world, but also it's to show his glory through our actions. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Hey, another thing I wanted to tell you about before the end of the show here is that recently I started a podcast. Now I have, um, I've had a blog for several years now, a website that has gotten uh, quite a lot of traction. And it was because the website got so much traction that I finally broke down and said, okay, I'll do a podcast. I've been kind of pushing it off. You know, I'm hearing all these jokes about, uh, you know, so many people out there starting podcasts, but I also know that most podcasts fizzle out after about seven episodes. I don't know if you know that statistic, but most podcasts don't make it past seven episodes. And so I, uh, I know that with all this content I've been writing for my website, which if you're interested, you can go and check it out, nickkady.org. That's N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y dot O-R-G. And there I write about theology and I write about uh, current events from a theological perspective. I call the website Theology for the People. And um, there's a podcast network that Calvary Chapel runs, and it's called Good Lion Podcast Network. So any of you out there looking for podcasts, um, don't just check out mine, but check out goodlion.io. So that's goodlion.io, and that's Coverage Chapel's podcast network with lots of great shows that you can listen to on various topics, everything from preaching to marriage 
to theology. So that's where mine comes in. They asked me to basically take my website, turn it into a podcast. So I started doing that, and um, but they wanted me to do some like exclusive for the podcast episodes. So the past two weeks, I've done a few of those. Just recorded a one yesterday that came out today. So if you're looking for a good podcast, I'd, I'd love it if you'd check it out. Uh, the episode we recorded is on this topic. Does God hate religion? Maybe you've heard people say things before, like that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. Maybe you've heard people say things like Jesus came to abolish religion. There's a famous YouTube video that came out a few years ago that said, I hate religion, but I love Jesus. Now, are, is this accurate? Is this good? I mean, how should we think about this? So what we did in this episode, we looked at the five places in the Bible where the word religion is used, how it's used, what it means, and we looked at some things from the life of Jesus, from the early church, from the New Testament, Old Testament, and hopefully we came to a great conclusion, but I'd love to have you listen to it and check it out. So you can find that just by Googling um, Theology for the People podcast, and you can also find it on my website, nickkady.org. Well, that brings us really to the end of our show. I hope that you have a great weekend this Sunday. Like I said, we'd love to have you join us at our church here in Longmont. You can find directions, information, etc. at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Love it if you'd be praying about the, the men's conference coming up, as well as the pastor's breakfast that I mentioned to you. This Sunday, as I said, we're going to be studying John chapter 21. We'd love to have you join us in person and online at whitefieldschurch.com or in person, 8 a.m., 9.30 and 11. God bless you. Have a great drive and a safe, uh, safe drive home if you're in your car. I'll be with you again next Friday for Calvary Live. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.